When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Jonathan Casillas. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes in multiple ways. If you need to interact with us here on the program, you give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we have a bit of news right off the top of the program is a little bit of wheeling and dealing occurring. Remember, the NFL calls for 4 p.m. Eastern to be the deadline next Tuesday to cut down your roster to 53 players. And according to multiple reports, the Giants appear to be adding another weapon on the defensive side of the ball. Former first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons, back in 2020, coming over to the Giants for a 2024 seventh-round pick. And when you listen to Wink Martindale, J.C., talk about this Giants defense, he has used the term positionless, left and right. It's almost as if he gets paid every time Mm -hmm. he says that phrase. But in all seriousness, there's a lot of validity to that, right? Because they move so much personnel around. If there's probably... One player in particular that comes to mind when you think about positionless, right? I mean, even going back to his college days at Clemson, he played four different positions. He played defensive end, he played linebacker, he played corner, he played safety. And the Cardinals have moved him around too. Now, you could argue it's been a feel-it-out process for him, but this is a low-risk, high-reward move. You're giving up a seventh-round pick to acquire a player that's in the final year of his contract who may be intriguing in terms of how Wink can utilize him that... I figure sometimes you get a player in a new system, a coach gets his hands on that player, he can maybe somewhat turn his career around. And that's what the Giants want. I mean, this guy was a number seven or eight overall pick, definitely top ten. Eighth overall. Highly regarded, ran one of the fastest times we've seen at that linebacker position. I'm pretty sure he was a linebacker at the combine, right? Not defensive end, not safety. Oh, no, they had him pretty much as a linebacker. Linebacker, and he ran like a 4-3-9 or something crazy like that. So the Giants are adding more speed and talent on defense. And like you said, not that much of a risk, you know, giving up a seventh-round pick for a guy who was drafted just a couple years ago in the top ten who has tremendous amounts of talent who, like you said, Wink Martindale thinks he can get his hands on this guy and make him the player that he probably, you know, was drafted. He was drafted high for a reason. You know, he has a lot of potential, and let's see if Wink Martindale and Dayball can bring the best out of this guy because if they can, he'll be a tremendous addition to this uh, defensive uh, rotation. And Brian Dable will be addressing the media shortly, and he should be making this transaction official. But right now, just important to note, it's all based on reports, nothing official, at least coming from the team perspective. And I want to piggyback, JC, off your last point, because I think in the NFL, and you've seen this up close and personal, there are players where often they go to teams, they're just not a great fit, right, for what the system calls for. Because there are some coordinators that say, 
I've got my scheme. The players have to fit into my scheme, yep, right? Exactly. It's not I'm going to adjust my scheme for the player. Wink has his character traits, right, that he looks for, but he's also a guy that does adjust on the fly based on the moving parts. And I think, to your point, the Giants are saying to themselves, what's the harm in bringing in a player who's been moved around? And in fairness, the tackle numbers jump off the page. It's not as if he hasn't been productive in Arizona. He's had a few sacks sprinkled in here. But if you want to maybe really tap into his athleticism and his skill set, I think it's all about where you line him up on the field. And that's going to be, I think, the element to watch here with respect to Wings defense. And But this is what I'm thinking about for a guy like that that's coming in, you know, right before the season starts. I mean, you know, he has how many days until Dallas? He's got about a right little now, over two weeks. A little over two weeks. That's yeah. not enough to learn the playbook. I know that for sure. That's a good point. You know, so they're going to have to do a good job because he's a guy that – because they traded him at this point right before, you know, rosters are set in a little less than, what, seven, six days? Yeah, now? less than that, next like Tuesday. five, five days. Yeah. And he's going to be, he's going to make the roster. That's the reason why they brought him in to make the roster and play against Dallas. So my thing is, don't make it too hard for him. You know, don't have him thinking. I think some guys that get drafted so early like this and play, like you said, almost like a positionless position on defense where he's so talented he's such an athlete they don't really know where to play him at sometimes the thinking game kind of gets in their way a little bit you know so I think Wink Martindale because I think so highly of Wink like we all do I think he's going to find a spot for him and hopefully they can reduce the amount that he is thinking so he can play fast because the guy can run he's an athlete he can cover he can run you know but my thing is is when a guy gets moved and it's right before the season I got traded it was hard to catch on because it's hard. It's, it's just difficult, sure. you know. But and you went to a Bill Belichick. I wouldn't call there. myself a guy that that wasn't capable, you know, mentally wise. Of course, you know, yes. and let's hope he's a capable guy that's you know mentally strong when it comes to learning defenses and and catching on because he's not going to have that much time to prepare himself and actually learn and be a a, a good uh, contribution to the defense because that's why he they, he's coming here. He's coming here to add depth probably be one of the pass rushers. That's what Paul is saying. I talked to Paul earlier. <laughs> the Tino is very excited about it. And you well, know that's the understatement of the year. Yeah, very much so. I mean yes. he almost kept me from from doing a show today just because he was so excited. Because <laughs> he almost tackled you in the hallway. <laughs> yes. But you know, for me it's like, okay, where do we play him at? And like you said, it's such a positionless defense. They might have special packages just for him. Maybe him adding on to blitzes, maybe him doing spy because he's, he's actually... Sure. Yeah, a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he's he's actually such a tremendous talent. He could run with pretty much any quarterback in the NFL, even the Lamar Jackson, right? So you expect a guy like that early on, maybe not having a great big role where he's playing 70 80% of the snaps, maybe like 20 30 40% where he's doing like specialized things like spying and possibly being a pass rusher on blitzing plays. And he went up against Kyler Murray every single day in practice. So I yeah, think he buddy. understands what it means to chase a mobile quarterback around. I think you bring up a good point with respect to maybe this is the type of player, given the timing in which he was acquired, that they truly reap the rewards by the midway point of the season when he's that much more comfortable or at that point where he has more of a defined role and he's not feeling things out with respect to what the Giants are asking him to do. But he could be a jack-of-all-trades type of player still within this Giants defense, as you mentioned. You know, he could be a guy that they bring up close to the line of scrimmage as an extra pass rusher, depending on down and distance. He could be a guy, once again, roaming the middle of the field because of his speed. Because remember, if Wink is going to go with 
JC, multiple defensive backs, and you put the fifth defensive back on the field, you're only going to have one or two linebackers on the field. And maybe because of Isaiah Simmons' versatility, that warrants him staying on the field yeah. in the middle of the defense. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing, because we're going to get into what this means for the linebacker position overall. But I think if you ask Wink, if you're going to bring a linebacker into this defense, you don't want to question whether or not you're going to keep him on the field for two downs or three downs. I think Simmons has the skill set. You keep him on the field for three downs because you are talking about, once again, a player that has experience on the back end of the defense as well as can play closer to the line of scrimmage. Now, to your point, that doesn't mean you need to overwhelm him right, right out of the gates, but I think you at least feel comfortable if in certain situations that the opponent presents. So, for example, if it's a third and ten, and you say, okay, Simmons can go back and cover a little bit under those circumstances if the quarterback's going to take a pass deep down the field. Great, we'll leave him on the field. If it's a passing situation also where it calls for the blitz, well, you can leave him on the field too because you're going to give him the green light to help out guys like Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. So I like the versatility from that standpoint, whether it's stopping the run or trying to stop a deep pass, you can justify leaving a player like that on the field. Yeah, you know, and when, as you were talking, I'm sitting there thinking risk versus reward, like we talked about earlier. But it's like, man, the Giants been drafting so well. I mean, it might be risky to give away a seventh round pick. Jordan Riley was a seventh round pick. Sure, wasn't he, he was. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, thought about when you were talking, and I'm like, we did say risk versus reward, and it's like, yeah, you got a top ten draft pick, but man, the Giants been drafting so well. It's like that seventh round pick might have been adequate for this guy. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing it out there, you know, because the Giants have been drafting so well, and sure. they develop younger players very well, too. Now, this guy, when he comes in, he is a top-ten pick. My thing is, if he doesn't play a lot of defense, if maybe they don't find a spot for him, is he going to be willing to play special teams? A top-ten draft pick, I don't know if they're going to be so willing to be like, okay, I'm okay with not being the top 11 guys or top 12 or 13 rotational yep. pieces on defense, and I'm playing special teams. That's a tough pill to swallow, especially because he's in his, what, third, fourth year now? Fourth year. Yeah, this is the final year, year because they did not pick up the fifth-year option. Right. So he's up basically for a contract this year. And I don't know how yep. happy he's going to be about if he can't find a role on the defense about playing special teams. That's my only thing. It's interesting you brought that up. It reminds me of yesterday all three coordinators spoke to the media. And Brian Dable and Thomas McGahee were specifically asked the question about when you have a veteran on the team, and they didn't specify where that veteran is in their career. But let's say it's Simmons. You're four or five years into your career. At this stage, if you haven't played special teams much, can you throw a player into that situation and expect them to take that on with the passion, the energy, and the enthusiasm that I think you were hitting on and alluding yep. to that you need out of that player? And McGahee said flat out, highly unlikely. Yeah. You're going to all of a sudden turn to a seasoned veteran and throw them into special teams. And now, once top again, top ten pick too. Correct, one hundred. Who's always used to even going back to his Clemson days. He ain't, he ain't to, running down on kickoff. He's sitting right. there waiting for the guys to run down on kickoff. One hundred percent going on a punt. Not when you're using him on four to five different positions right. on defense. Yeah, so, so that's my that's my thing though. I, I, no, what I'm you're, what you're you. saying and the, and the points that I'm making is like yes, I think you add in talent to this team. You're adding talent to this roster, but with younger guys that. You know, all the draft picks this year for the Giants, right? If those guys don't play on defense, they're going to play on special teams. They have to. They yeah. have to play. But I don't know if he fits that category. And I'm not talking about 
for the team's sake. I'm talking about for him, like him personally. Like, is he going to be a guy, top 10 draft pick just a couple years ago, just several years ago, a few years ago. I want to use the right verbiage there. And can you turn around and run down on kickoff? And knowing that if you do stay in this league, you're not going to get paid as a defensive player. You're going to get paid as a special teamer. And that is huge money we're talking about. A huge difference. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. Well, of I guess, course. Well, listen, it's all fair conversation. You know, sure. but I think it definitely adds value there. I just – and I do have the confidence in Wink that he can find a spot for him on this defense and have him be a rotational guy and have some success. And I think that's the mindset. I don't think they're making this deal because of his potential on special teams. I think right. the feeling is eighth overall pick in 2020. He's not an old man. He's not that far removed from the draft. Let's bring him in. We expect him to play defense. Let's evaluate him. And then you can make a decision after this season whether it justifies bringing him back. Because once again, it's an expiring contract. So that's why when I say low risk, high reward, worst case scenario doesn't pan out. You're not on the books right. with Simmons beyond 2023. You both can go your separate ways if he's not a good fit. If it works out and he thrives, okay, now you got something to think about, yeah. about whether or not you want to bring him back. But I do think, to go back to your area of focus, I think the primary ignition behind this trade was we're bringing him in to play defense. We're not bringing him in to be a potential weapon on special teams because I think they like his skill set yeah. and they like what he can do within Wink Martindale's scheme. And there could be scenarios, and this goes back to what you were hitting on, maybe in week one or week two, they ask him to play close to the line of scrimmage, hypothetically speaking. He gets more and more comfortable with the defense. They have opponents later on in the schedule, and they say to themselves, you know, Isaiah, we just had an injury at safety. We're a little bit banged up at linebacker. We want to now move you to another spot. And by that time, he has a better grasp, right, of the overall concept, and maybe they move him around. I, I don't think they're bringing him in and saying, he's got to be this or he's got to be that. I can see him evolving within his role over the course of the season based on team needs. You know what? And and I, I hear you. I just, for some reason, I'm just not, like they're giving him up for a seventh-round pick for a reason, you know? Like he's so young and he's, he's in his prime or going into his prime, and it's like, what is the reason why they're giving this guy up for a seventh-round draft pick, you know? And I just hope that doesn't show up here for the Giants sure. in a primetime game. You know, like I hope that, oh, that's the reason why, you know, because he can't do X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? And look, I'm all for it. I just, like, I'm not as happy as Paul Dottino, that's for sure. Well, I don't think I'm not as enthused is in that area. as that. And I'm you working went to on, the opposite end of the spectrum and, for comparison. And I'm working on my 53-man roster to just threw it for a whole loop now. Oh, so that's why you're you know? irritated. I can tell. You know, you had everything mapped everything. out, and they're like, oh, great, now I got to make a change. Well, you got to do is substitute one guy for the other. That's all. You know it ain't that simple. No, all right. You know it well, ain't that no. simple. But I'm, I'm happy that they're adding talent, and, and I thought they would possibly do something like this with – a possible pass rusher, you know, and I know the name Julian O'Quarr was thrown out there, Romeo's little brother, who was my former teammate, and he had a great Lions. game yeah. against the Giants and baptized some of the younger uh, 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 tackles in the second and third quarters of the game, you know, and bringing in Simmons, hopefully he can have some type of impact like an O'Quarr because the Giants need as much depth as possible. We've always been talking about this since last year. What do the Giants need? We need to sign Danny Jones, get Saquon back in here, get more talent at wide receiver. They checked all those boxes. Now they're adding even more depth defensively. And I don't expect this to be their last move. They might make some other moves. They might bring in oh, somebody sure. else. Yeah. 
you know, defensively or possibly on all line. Though I think, based on what you were saying, I thought where you were going to go is maybe if the Giants were to make a trade, it would be to give away a player to free up a roster spot oh, as opposed to acquiring somebody, right? Because yeah. we're talking about depth. Well, what happens when you have depth? You say to yourself, you can't keep everybody. everybody so yeah. maybe get a draft pick yep. as opposed to the opposite where this is sacrificing a draft pick to bring to in a, a player. player. As far as the why, I mean, first of all, listen, that's a conversation that Isaiah Simmons has to have with himself and say to himself, okay, why didn't it work out in Arizona? Yeah. And if anything, maybe that's additional motivation, right, to make the best of a new environment to justify your value, maybe not necessarily with the Giants, but elsewhere in yeah. 2024. I think, though, and this is why I wouldn't read so much into Arizona's thought process. They got a new a coach. Because fire over there, as well, you I wouldn't go that strong. <laughs> you want to use that phrase, that's fine. We'll go with that. I what, thought that's what you was leading well, to. Well, what I was going to say is there is a new coach and a new GM, and you yep. know this. Listen, I don't need to explain this yep. to you. You come into where there's a complete new front office, they are not locked in and then, see to and, any of the players and then that were also brought in too because I knew about well I knew that he he wanted to play safety Isaiah Simmons wanted to play safety so when the guy says I want to do this instead of the coaches saying you need to be doing this that causes a rift too. without so a doubt sure that could yeah. be one of the reasons well and then if again the reason a new front office once again a new coach they understand the player is not content yeah they also understand he's in an expiring contract which means. If you're not bringing back a player, doesn't it make sense to try to get something in return some for that player from, yeah, as opposed yeah, to just let him walk for yeah. nothing? So the more and more you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, I understand. It's like it makes more sense. It yeah, understandable, it makes more sense. yeah, why Arizona would do this. And if a lot of people are saying, well, we're talking about a former top 10 pick, all you could do is get a seventh round pick. Once again, I think that says a lot about where he is value-wise yeah. within the rest of the league's eyes. And therefore, the Cardinals are saying to themselves, better to get something. Something. Instead than of getting nothing, get nothing from this guy that we yeah. could possibly have. So I think you got to look yeah. at the movable parts and pieces with respect to Arizona more so than worried about, oh, he's coming in and there were so many question marks. I mean, he's got a, now a new opportunity. Yeah. And this is a positive for him because if he does want to play a specific position and the Giants coaching staff sees him in that spot, I mean, I would say that's a good turning point for a guy like Isaiah Simmons yeah. from that Let's standpoint. Just, let, I just hope that when he comes in, he comes in ready to go because it's, like I said before, I've got traded and had to learn a new, new defense like literally days before I had to play. Yeah, it's but not, that was mid through the season, easy. right? Yeah, but it's not okay. easy. No, sure. I just know? wanted to specify the difference. Yeah, it was, yeah mid-season. Yeah. He has yeah. a week and some change to prepare for Dallas because he's going to play against Dallas. Like They're bringing him in here because they want him to play on September 10th against the Dallas Cowboys. So I just hope that he can mentally handle whatever they give him, you know, and then he can actually be an impact because the Giants need as much depth as possible, I think, especially at that pass-rushing position, you know. I think safeties, they're doing really well with their safeties that they have here. I think the top four safeties for the New York Giants are all quality safeties. Xavier McKinney could possibly be a Pro Bowl type of guy. And then Pinnock, Dane Belton, those are guys are showing that they can get their hands on the ball. And they can force take the ball while take the ball away, take the ball out of the, the defense, uh, excuse me, the offense's hands. And that's something that we needed last year big time. We had six turnovers last year, six interceptions. Six last interceptions, year. yeah. You know, and tied for the league low. You know, I like the way the rooms was looking, and it's like, okay, we adding an extra piece, and I'm just like, I hope this piece is actually a valuable commodity, you know, and not just a guy that isn't worth a seven round pick, you know, because the Giants have been hitting on their draft picks, you know. So, I, look, 
you were talking about earlier the Giants are possibly I would you think I was thinking that the Giants possibly give away a player. Honestly, I don't see that as a bad move for them because the Giants they just been drafting so well, man. Like the last the last two years, this year you got how many draft picks playing right now? You got first round draft pick starting corner, second round draft pick start, starting center. Third-round draft pick, probably one of the best deep threats in the NFL, right? No fourth round. Gray's starting returner right yep. now. You got a sixth-round pick starting corner. Seventh-round pick, Jordan Riley's one of the most productive defensive linemen all preseason. Yeah. The Giants been knocking out the park, so it's like, when you said that earlier, I'm like, a guy like Jamison Crowder, who's probably on the fringe of making this roster, but you can't tell me Jamison Crowder is not a quality NFL player. Oh, absolutely. And he adds yeah. so much value, not only as that third receiver, but also on special teams because he's a great returner. So, like, when you were saying that, I was thinking names start popping to my head, and Crowder was the first name because it was like, the Giants been doing so well in the draft. I don't think they should be giving away any more draft picks, man. Well, and that's why they may be able to get a pick back if they pull off another trade. Right, another but going trade. the opposite direction yep. where you give up Flip a player yep. for a pick. For a draft yeah. pick. Yep. And in fairness, listen, I'm with you, JC, in terms of the I'm just thinking. Record. You know, I'm just thinking. Well, of course. You know? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But I, we were actually talking about this on the previous show. Jordan Riley really is the first seventh-round pick in quite some time that we're talking about who has been making noise in the preseason. There's been other seventh-rounders that have emerged maybe as the year went on, but the track record of finding a seventh-rounder coming in, first two preseason games, you're already talking about him being a key piece of the rotation, yeah. very rare. Yeah. I think you got to do that multiple years before you maybe lose <laughs> sleep over giving up hey, a seventh-round pick for a top-ten talent. Look, Joe Shane, so, he's batting a 1,000 right now, Well, bro. correct, and he has done very well. There's no doubt about it, but still a very small sample size, yeah. I guess is my mm -hmm. point. And for, once again... A seventh-round pick to be given up to take a flyer on a guy that was the eighth overall pick, I would say I would probably do that in a heartbeat yeah, and yeah. twice on Sunday I under agree. those circumstances. One other thing I want to touch on before we open up the phone lines, you were talking about the safety position. I agree with you. I think you got a nice group, Bobby McCain, Nick mm -hmm. McLeod, two other guys I would throw out. So this probably impacts the front seven more so than the, in the back. back. yeah. In I terms so of another player saying to themselves, oh boy, they just brought in Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. What should I be concerned about? So I'm thinking linebackers right now. If Simmons right now, you put him in the mix with the Bobby O'Karakays, the Darian Beavers, the Micah McFaddens, the Cam Browns, the Carter Coughlins, they got to be saying to themselves, we got more company in this room. And then, you know, I've talked a lot about needing that third pass rusher. Yep. Could Simmons emerge? I mean, he's had seasons where he's had four to five sacks. Yeah. And you know in Wink's defense, nobody's got in double digits. It's four here, yeah. three there, yeah. two over here. He fits that bill. So that's an intriguing position for him. Can he emerge as that third option? Assuming, of course, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari hold up this season. Here's another guy that 
You don't know where he's coming. He may line up in the middle. He may line up off the edge. He may line up on the back, but they may give him the green light at any point. He's a guy that could walk away with four to five sacks. That's not asking for yeah. much. Yeah, and then when I, like I said, I saw Paul Dettino in the hallway. Like He almost kept me from doing the show, bro. I was like, bro, I got to do the show, man. I'm not on with you. Let me go. Let <laughs> well, me go he was trying show. to show you what Isaiah Simmons is going to do on defense. <laughs> so he was using the hallway but, as a barometer, yeah, right. apparently. And, yeah. and so for me, thinking that the, the guy may be not, um, you know, he's not going to come in and just grasp the whole defense right away. I think Paul hit, you know, I think he, he's going to gonna be a pass rusher, but I don't know if it's going to be from the pass rushing position. Yeah, well, I they're not putting him be, with his hand in the right. dirt. That's it, not happening. It, it yeah. might be from all over. I agree. But to, to, to slow his thinking process down instead of having him, you know, because when you have coverage, right, and motions happen, your coverage shifts sometimes, right? Not all the time, but it shifts. Sure. Usually when you have a blitz on and motion happens, nothing changes. You stay with the blitz, right? That kind of you know slows down that thinking process for me. It slows down the information. So I expect them, but like you said, if they're going to have them on to lower the thinking and to lower, because he might be playing multiple positions, to lower all of that, send them on blitzes all the time. And if he can be a quality pass rusher underneath this pressure, Wink Martindale's defense, that would be some scary stuff for, for the Giants, for sure. Because I don't know what number he's wearing, but he's not going to be wearing like a 90 number. He's probably going to be like a single-digit number. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they loosen the rules yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could wear whatever you want. Right. Whatever and if your there's heart a desires, lapse in judgment of an yeah. old tackle or a lineman and they look at him like a defensive back, sometimes they don't account for defensive backs in the scheme, in the passing scheme. You know, and that could be yep. – Like, I always tell, like, these DBs, right? And I saw Owens doing it, uh, the six-round pick, right? Owens? Javarius Owens. Yeah. Javarius Owens. I saw him, like, in practice one time, and I saw – And he was a seventh-round pick. About, yeah. about to blitz – but I knew that he wasn't going to blitz. And then I told him straight up, I was like, bro, when you line up to blitz, whether you're fake blitzing or you're actually blitzing, you need to, you need to have it looking exactly the same. Because quarterbacks, they're going to know. The subtleties. Gonna, the good quarterbacks, they're going to look right at you and be like, you're not, you're not coming. You know, they're going to look <laughs> right at you. You're a tease. And then so. that, note, that tells them where to go with the football. It makes their decisions a lot easier. But if you look like you're blitzing on non-blitzing plays, like that'll sell you. But also... They don't account for you sometimes. Like, they're to leave you free. So what you got to do is not only make it look like a blitz when you're not blitzing, but when you are blitzing, no wasted steps. No wasted steps. So Simmons can add a lot of value to this team. And I'm throwing in, like, I'm thinking of different ways that he could be used. And, like, if he has, like, a single-digit number, like number three or something, not number three, but, you know, a single-digit number where he could be accounted as a safety and he could be getting free runs to the quarterback, bro, I'm all for it. To I'm create some confusion I'm you're talking it. about. I'm yeah. all for it. Well, and that's why he's an intriguing player from all of the factors yeah, for sure. that we've been throwing out here. All right, a few reminders before we open up the phone lines. Giant Subtle Podcast, you can check that out on your favorite podcast platform or you go to Giants.com slash podcasts. Run or walk with Giants legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K race and kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt. After the race, you can stay for the post-race festival with appearances by Giants legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. And Giants fans, you can take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com 
NFL.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the NFL schedule is officially out, so you also have the option for single-game tickets. They're on sale now. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this season. You can visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. And last but not least, the Giants official connected TV streaming app. It's Giants TV. It brings you original video content, game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, let's open up the lines. 201-939-4513. We check in with Pascal in Jersey City here on BBKL. What's happening, Pascal? What do you got? Hey, good morning, guys. How's everything? Good? Yeah, doing all right. What's on your mind? Hello. Jersey City, stand yes, up. <laughs> Um, yes, sir. Um, I'm very optimistic about the uh, the Simmons uh, signing. Um, I've watched him play at Clemson and um, at Arizona. I think he's dynamic, and I think whether it's up by the line or whether it's in the secondary, uh, he's going to make some plays and, and he's going to make things happen. So I'm more optimistic than I think than than uh, than most people. Uh, do you think he'll play in the preseason game on Saturday? And do you think he'll keep number nine? Well, we appreciate the phone call on that note. I would say probably highly unlikely he's going to play in the preseason game. I mean, the preseason game is two days away. Yeah. I find it very hard to believe that he's going to come in and then all of a sudden they're going to throw him right into the mix. So I would yeah, say that's, that's highly unlikely. As far as the, when he'll get here tomorrow, probably he may get here late today, today depending but he's on not you know practicing today. Yeah, he's exactly. Probably, probably so. Or right, Dable said he's going to be here tomorrow. So yeah. I mean, that's yeah. more yeah, of a reason happening. why I, I find it hard to believe that he'd be in the preseason yeah. game. Or would he? Yeah. No. I mean, listen, you've been in situations John, I, where you've arrived. I, but I don't, no, no, I know you haven't been traded this is, prior to the season. Two days is crazy. But that two seems, days is crazy. Yeah. yeah, two days. Like, I got on Wednesday and I played on Sunday. That's, that's, Correct. that's enough time. Well, I mean, you're barely, he's barely going to have any meetings. Forget practices. Right, right. He's not going to know anyone. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to say, <laughs> throw him out there and run? He's going to look I, at Bobby O'Kaka. Okay, yeah. okay. Yo, number 58. What are you doing? <laughs> I just, I don't see how that's beneficial for the player. So no, I'm going to lean towards, I think it's highly yeah, unlikely I think so plays. too. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, as yeah. far as the number, I mean, once again, the rules are loose. So yeah. whatever number he wants to wear, I mean. Is the, nine open? Well, that I was going to say, that was the one thing. What's uh, the punter's number? Beasley's nine? Yeah, Beasley's nine. So right now he couldn't wear he couldn't nine. nine yeah. So he'd have to choose a different number. But he could choose whatever he wants. And Campbell no limitation. has zero. Campbell has zero. For some right. reason, I would see yeah. him in the zero. You know, like just that. Because that, zero's a dope number. First of all, you couldn't wear a zero forever. But Isn't that Paris? Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's, well, that's what he was saying. I said yeah, Campbell. Yeah, Paris. I think Gano yeah. is nine as well. Am I wrong about that? Graham Gano is nine. That is correct. Yep. Oh, so somebody has to change their number and is not Gano. Gano's not changed his number, so Beasley has well, changed his it, number. Yeah. Right? There you go, right here. Well, that's why, remember, they don't finalize the numbers until the 53-man roster yeah. is set. They're not going to sacrifice so the number. So number one is available. No, we're tired. Oh, thank you. Let's number put it 10 this way. is available. <laughs> I know about that one. Okay, I know about that one. <laughs> I would not. Well, I don't lose, know. I'm not going to be reading the numbers. Well, that's like what I'm that. saying. I would not lose sleep I was about over to just what dive number Isaiah Simmons. You're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think we could cut the experimentation be, short. Right, yeah, we don't yeah. need to sit It'd here. It'd be a fun surprise. It'd yeah, be a fun to, surprise. I have confidence that you could count from one to a hundred. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb. I, I think you can get. Well, I mean, I didn't yeah. know who number nine was. I don't think neither one of us did. 
Well, because once again, there's multiple players. Oh, that's why you knew I, that? Well, I wait. Yeah, but that's allowed, though, in the preseason. No, I, I you know, know so that. You know that. So, but you didn't yeah. know it was two number nines until Pearson just told us. Well, I wasn't necessarily walking around with cards memorizing Graham Cano and Cole Beasley <laughs> left and right. So my sincere apologies. But, no, once again, 53-man roster gets finalized. Then guys have the then ability to numbers. change numbers yep. and so forth. That happens all yep. the time around this so, time of the year. I'm going to tell yeah. you something. So I had number 62 in training camp in uh, New Orleans. Okay. And it was terrible number, but the, all the fifty numbers were taken. Bad voodoo is that? <laughs> it was bad juju. It was, ter- it was yeah. a terrible number. It just—I mean, I was two hundred twenty pounds playing linebacker when number sixty was bad. But then, so maybe you had the bad impact on right? the number. Did you ever First think about off, that? Let me finish. Okay, I'm just I'm saying. Not, let me finish. I'm, I think it's important to so, clarify. Okay, yes. Go right ahead. before the yeah. season started, when I like made the roster or whatever, there was number fifty-seven available, and they gave it to me for one day. But for, I didn't want fifty-seven. I wanted 52. But our long snapper, Jason Kyle, was wearing number 52. And I went to him, kind of begged him a little bit. And I was like, I ain't got no money. I said, but I'll <laughs> oh, do you... anything you want. I'll wash your car. Oh, boy. I'll do your laundry, like whatever you need, bro. But I, I, I need that number, bro. Like, can I get the number? And he just gave it to me. Really? I had to pay him. He didn't I had to ask do no, chores no chores or nothing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a very nice teammate. So there's a couple times where... In my career, I didn't wear 52. One time was here in New York, my first year. Beeson was wearing 52. Okay. And I would not ask Beeson to change his number because I watched Beeson when I was younger in the NFL. You know? know? I would have thought. But then after he left, I asked him, can I get the number? Because JT Thomas wanted the number. I went straight to Beeson and said, give me the number, please, right? You can give it to me. You're going to hook me up with the number. And ended up getting 52. But I had to pay. I did have to pay one time. When I was in New England, Akeem Ayers got there the week yep. before I did. He wore 52 for one week in New England. Sacked Peyton Manning. Was it Peyton Manning he sacked? No, I don't think it was Peyton Manning. He had a big sack, though. And he wore it. And I went to him and was like, hey, man, I see you never wore 52 in your career. I'm doing my research on oh, him. Oh, man, you're really I, buttering I him up. I'm doing my research yeah. on him. I yeah. see you never wore 52. And I know 55 is available. And I already knew. You're selling them on another number. I was like, I knew 55 is available. I was like, bro, like, you know, like, can I I get 52 from you? He was like, man, I done bought my family jerseys. I was like, I'll pay for all your family jerseys. Like, what do you need? So I ended up paying him for the jersey. But it wasn't crazy. It was like five grand, which for me to it, offset the jersey. Yeah, because he paid for what you're saying. Jersey okay. for his family. So you basically you, know? you bought a whole wardrobe for the family. Yeah, is what of course, you're man. Okay. But gotcha. I appreciated Keem because for, I, I needed fifty two, bro. Like that was just my number, man. Like it was just my number. But yeah, did he wear fifty five? Am I right? Well, I'm bringing up his Patriot season <sighs> because he split. He was with Tennessee and New England, yeah. which would mm-hmm. make sense why he didn't wear that jersey for the uh, whole entire season. Fifty six, and then he went to fifty two. And I was looking at it, I was like, bro, I look way better than 52 than you do. You know, that's well, he's listed as 55 on the Patriots roster yep. that season. Now, he had four sacks with New England. So the big mystery is who he had that sack against. Because I don't think we're going to be able to get through the remainder of the show. Yeah, right. That, that, if I don't do get closure do on this subject. We were talking about numbers. That's all. Just throwing yeah. a little bit about numbers. Well, no. It's interesting to hear I the backstory. Of course. Yeah. So we wanted everybody to be mentally prepared what Isaiah Simmons will perhaps right. have to go have through. Right, have to go through if he wants somebody's number. Yes, right. and I think we could safely say number nine will be worn by Graham Gano. By Graham Gano. Okay, I don't unless, know what's going to happen with Cole Beasley. Unless Isaiah but, Simmons say, y'all buy you a car. 
I'm just saying, he's a top 10 pick. He got money. The wheeling and dealing that goes on. <laughs> right. See, it's not just about the trades that occurs, by the way. You saying, never know man. with respect to that. So that's uh, interesting from that standpoint. So Akeem Ayers had a sack against the Bears and the Broncos, as well as the Lions. He had three sacks in the span of four games. So I'm assuming it's got to be right around this area because that was weeks eight the... through weeks 11. You think the sack came against the Bears or the sack that you Because I played stood in out? the Denver game. So he had – it was Chicago. He was there the week before me. Okay. I played in Denver game. So that means that the Bears Cutler? at that point was with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. That's correct. Okay. So yep. he did sack Peyton Manning, but I was in the game. You were in the game. The you, so you were thinking about – yeah, Jay what Cutler. happened? So there right. we go. It's right. the Jay Cutler game. Yeah. 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 So Akeem Ayers making his presence felt at the expense of Jay Cutler, which ultimately opened the door for – Jonathan Casillas to get number 55. Yes, sir. You never know what you can learn on this program here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's move along here. Alex is in Philadelphia joining us on BBKL. What's happening, Alex? What do you got for us? Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is my first time calling on here. Well, welcome uh, aboard. Huge fan of you guys. Welcome, Alex. Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, yeah. No, man, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to give a little praise to Joe Shane, man. Uh like I said, that, I know a lot of people aren't like super hype about it, Isaiah Simmons, but I remember one in 2020 when he was coming in the draft. I wanted him on the Giants. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than a safety, and I just see him fitting really well with this wing defense. I really just trust the coaches, honestly. Uh, just listening to Brandon Brown's interview about traits and stuff like that, and, man, he checks all those boxes as far as traits. Uh, you know, 6'4", 238, like he's – He's a big safety, you know and what I mean. He can run does, too. Yeah, and he does. He does have some type of pass rush too. Uh, you know, I just, I just can't wait to see him flying around. And uh, just to answer that number, I think he should be number seven. I don't know if number seven is taken, but I think he should be number seven. Any reason? Cool. It seems like you have your mind set on number seven. No, no, is there I, some I rationale agree. behind I, that? I, I agree. I agree with my. I, I agree with JC on the. He should be a single digit, and it's just kind of hard to. You know what I mean? We got a lot of good single digits on the team and I'm trying to just think of one that's available you know so I mean seven I'm pretty sure is available it looked pretty cool on him uh, especially seeing a big guy like that running around the field with a single digit number uh, look, it'll look pretty cool it'll look pretty cool I can't wait to see him on the field I can't wait to see him on week one against Dallas um, I'm excited man and um, like I said before I'm a huge fan of the show I listen to you guys every day you guys have great insight uh yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. All right, Alex. Man. Well, appreciate the phone call. Thank Thanks you, for Alex. giving us a ring. Don't be a stranger moving forward. And remember, it remains to be seen how much of a role he'll even have in that Dallas game, too. I mean, we were being asked about, is he going to play Saturday in the preseason, which to me is a huge stretch. By the time he gets to the Cowboys game, we were talking a little bit about this earlier. Okay, so you're going to talk about two weeks, which is a nice period of time. But, I mean, you could give an assessment to that. Two weeks in the blink of an eye could go by very yeah. quickly. That doesn't mean he's going to have a full grasp of the entire scheme by then. You can't. Like, I don't think there's yeah. a person that's alive that can get a whole entire defense in a span of a, a little more than a week. I don't think that's even possible, especially with Wink Martindale's positionless defense. Sure. He's yeah. going to have to know multiple positions. That's why know? it's going to be more of a defined role. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, one, I think two. see him t t as a guy that gonna be, that's going to be a consistent blitzer, especially early on, that limits his thinking and utilizes his tools, his size, his strength, his length, and his speed.
And the length is big because yep. if you're going to bring a guy near the line of scrimmage, you want to be able to see that even if he gets slowed down or stopped, he can still jump up, right, bat the ball yep. down at the line of scrimmage, get his hands on the quarterback, things like that. Ralph is in Florida joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Ralph? What do you got for us? Hey, Lance, what's going on, buddy? Jonathan, what's going on, baby? What's up, Papa? Um, How you doing? Listen, um, another toy for Wink to play with. Is, are we serious? Is Josie not? Is he playing chess and everybody's playing checkers? Because <laughs> my God, another toy for Wink, another tall linebacker with speed. Like now, it's like pick your poison on who's guarding who. Like who's coming on the blitz? You don't know if a Carricade's coming. You don't know if Simmons is coming. I mean, it's just so many things to do with this guy. And like you know, again, be personally, I think Arizona gave up gave up to him too early. And you know what? It's a blessing in disguise for the Giants, man. I just feel I'm super excited. I, I know the Dallas game is going to be a stretch, oh, but best believe he's going to be on the field for Arizona. Best believe he's going to be on the field for Arizona. Well, I'm sure he's going to want to be on the field, correct, for Arizona. So, I mean, the good news for him is you got a little bit more time beyond the Dallas game. So by then, yeah. we're talking three weeks, yeah. a little bit more right. comfort. And so forth. I also, I don't think, though, Ralph, Arizona gave up on him. I mean, the bottom line is he was there for four years. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about a lengthy period of time. I think what hurt him was he had a lot of changes, right? Yeah. And you know this. That's it. You got new man. coordinators, yeah. new GMs, new coaches, all bets are off. And he's the latest yeah. product of that happening in the NFL. Yep. It's, a, it's a lot, yeah. too, especially when a new regime comes in there and you're yep. not their guy. They didn't draft you. They have no, like... Have nothing like no, you know, not, no commitment. Well, they have to no you. alliance to you. Yeah, yeah, they have no commitment to you whatsoever. And you know, like you said, they actually got something for him instead of getting nothing for him after he doesn't play or fails to meet their expectations this year. Yeah, I think it's just a savvy move by Joe because I'm pretty sure he was going to get cut. So you know, just getting giving up a seven rounder for him and taking a flyer, right? Because it's basically a flyer, right? So sure. you know, we don't have to sign him, right? And Jonathan, question for you as a linebacker, right? With his, his his size and his speed, right? I know his problem was that he couldn't get off blocks from the linemen and stuff like that. Where do you see him best fit as far as the Giants and where where can you use his traits? and his physical ability to maximize the defense. And I'll take the answer off the end, guys. All right, Have a great weekend. Yep, appreciate the phone Thank call. Thank you, brother. Good question. Um, like I said earlier when I was talking to Lance, I think you just minimize his thinking early because it's a lot, you know, and he's only going to have a certain amount of time to be in the building and prepare himself for the first week. And then there's only a certain amount of time where he'd go home and look at the plays and actually and know all of them. And if they have him playing multiple positions, I think that's going to put a lot of stress on him I think you minimize his thinking and just have him a part of special packages where he's blitzing and that way you can maximize on his potential without him thinking thinking slows guys down and you don't want a guy who's coming over who has almost maximum physical abilities and attributes and you have him slowing down because he's thinking too much I think Wink is going to do that I think he's going to use him in the passing game in the front seven maybe not at defensive back at all and then limit his thinking and send him a lot. And you'll be able to see his size, length, and stuff. Like you said, if he's rushing a passer, he's a guy that if he's playing linebacker, he's a lot taller than the linebackers here or the middle linebackers, right? Yeah. And he can jump up and bat balls down. But he's a he's a physical specimen. And when you have physical specimens, you don't want them thinking a lot unless they're thinkers. Like Bobby O'Karake, he's a thinker. He played middle linebacker, called defenses, right? This guy, he's coming in, he's definitely a physical talent, 
And I just hope they don't put too much on him where he, he doesn't play as fast as his timing. This guy is a 4-3, sub-4-4 four, four guy playing in the front seven. That speed will show up if he's not thinking as much and he's playing fast. Just to give you an idea in terms of the internal inside linebackers, Beavers is 6-4, Cam Brown 6-5, Carter Coughlin 6-3. Dang. McFadden is 6-2. And Deontay Johnson is 6-2. So there's a little bit of size yeah. already on the roster. I didn't realize but, Cam Brown was that tall. Yeah, well, he's another lengthy guy. Remember, yeah. you're also talking about a player that was moved around at Penn State. Yeah, but you know, damn, and that's what happens that with these guys. Though. Yeah. Damn, I'm, am I short? No, you're short, Lance. I'm well, that's well documented. You're, you're not harming me with that. Thank you, Captain Obvious, for uh, making that clear. The dream was still out. We weren't sure. I woke up today. I looked in the mirror. I said, you know what? I don't know. I'm having my doubts. But, but thank you. I'm, I'm glad you gave me clarification on that when front. You jumped off yes. your bed this morning. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, reinforcements. That's what I always get here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. But in all seriousness, I think in Clemson's situation, they felt comfortable throwing him around. And at that stage in his career, based on what the defense was calling for, it was a different environment and scenario than when you get to the NFL, right? Defense is a little bit more complicated, yeah. convoluted. And then it, you say, but, I don't know if it, I want to play four spots But you know anymore. what it is? It's not just the defenses. It's the offenses. The offenses are difficult, and they scheme you up, and they make you confused. Like, sure. Like, <laughs> the Saints, they used to do the craziest stuff. Like, they'll come out, in a two-by-two two set, they'll shift to like a bunch set, and then they'll motion back to like the exact same formation they started you're like, with. what just went it's on? Like, yeah. What just yeah. happened? What they did was they flipped your coverage. They identified what coverage you were in, and they flipped it. So if somebody doesn't do it the right way, it's a wide, per wide per person running wide open down the field. That's the level of offenses that's different from college. Yeah, These offenses, they understand who's playing, and they're like, oh, we send this guy on motion. He struggles with motion. So all of a sudden, you see a whole bunch of motions, and they don't normally do motions. But that it's, it's not just the defenses and the schemes. It's the offenses that scheme against the defenses. The subtleties of the changes that they make at the line of scrimmage. And once again, we're just speculating. I'm not saying that he went to the Arizona coaches and said, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. No. I want to play one position. But let's not be naive. There's a distinct difference in terms of, to my point, what he was seeing when he was in a Clemson uniform. Yeah. Versus then what, what he was see seeing here. in he's the Cardinals see system and now here. Yeah. A, a little bit more. <laughs> and, and I think Wink's aware of that. I mean, it's yeah. not his first rodeo. But, but that's what I'm saying. I got, we we all I think we all on the same page about this. I think we all understand that Joe Shane, Dayball, Kafka, and Wink Martindale, they know what they're doing. Yep. Right? And yes, they can make a mistake here and there, of course. But I think when they when you get a guy like Isaiah Simmons and you bring him in right now, it's like the best thing for him to do is play fast because he is fast. He's a fast physical specimen. What do you do to make a guy play fast? Limit his 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 responsibilities. And if you have him pass rushing all the time or adding on blitzes, that's going to limit him and it's going to take advantage of all of his physical attributes. Here's the encouraging aspect. You look at how many players were brought in late <coughs> 
throughout the course of the regular season last year. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a player and say, wow, I mean, this experiment just went off the cliff. They were able to get production out of just about everybody, everybody that they brought in, in right? Yeah. So I think that's extremely encouraging. Now, Isaiah Simmons, unlike some of the other players, I would say, he does not have history with Mike Kafka or Wink Martindale, right. whereas yep. a number of the guys they did bring they have, in yeah. had some type of a carryover, some type of connection. But still, overall, product-wise, they were able to get these guys to come in, adapt, and feel comfortable. And I don't see why that wouldn't happen with Isaiah Simmons. Is it going to happen immediately in week one? Let's, Let's hope so. hit the brakes. <laughs> but you, know, you so. could hope. But I think you got to be at least a little realistic that it may take him some time yeah. because he is coming in very close to the regular season. But it gives Wink Martindale yet more versatility on that side of the ball and some additional ideas and maybe get into things and alignments that the current roster didn't allow him to do. Yeah. Because here's the other thing we've heard from Brandon Brown, we've heard from Joe Shane, we've heard from the coaches over the last few weeks during training camp. The one common thing that they always throw out is the process in them pinpointing talent, whether it be through the draft or free agency. And you hear this left and right. It's not one individual making the decision. It's Joe Shane and Brian Dable going to Wink Martindale and saying, Wink, Isaiah Simmons may be available. If we were to bring him in, what do you think? Where would you utilize him? Those conversations happened yep. before this trade. I mean, it may have been attractive to Joe Shane where he said, wait, all I got to give up is a seventh-round pick yeah. for a former top-10 talent? Yeah. yeah, but let me run it by Wink yeah. to make sure that he's on board as opposed to us just bringing in a player with intrigue for the sake of bringing in a player. But I think that's why the Giants do draft so well, and that's why the Giants are bringing quality players, not only on the field but off the field as well. Like all of these guys that they're bringing in, and we'll start with Darren Waller. Darren Waller is such a great story from his like the trauma that he's had in the past to what he's come now, the stuff he's overcame off the field, on the field and off the field to the person he is now. Like I hear Waller talk now and every time I hear him, I'm just like, I'm inspired, you know, because I know his story and I know how hard it is to not only bounce back from injuries and stuff like that on the field, but having like your life, you know, he was struggling for a while, you know, depending on certain substances and he came, overcame all of that. You're talking about a tremendous character guy? The Giants are doing nothing but that. They're bringing in top, high-quality, not only players, but guys as well. And it's not just Shane. It's Dayball involved. It's Wink Martindale. I'm sure it's the position coaches involved in all of this stuff. So I think they're doing the right thing, and they're doing it the right way. You know, So even if he doesn't pan out, they're doing it the right way, right? They're doing it the right way. And like you said, risk versus reward. The reward for this guy is so high, the possibilities and then the risk that we gave up a seventh round draft pick for him, a top 10 pick just a couple years ago. I'll take, look, I'll take that every day of the week. And once again, I can't emphasize enough the fact that while you would argue there's more value to acquiring a player that has a few years left on his contract, right? So that if the player turns out to be a good fit, you don't have to worry about negotiating all over again. Yep. But given the fact that there are question marks looming over a player like Isaiah Simmons because of his fit and how he was utilized in Arizona, it's even a lower risk, the fact that he's not on the books beyond this season. Yeah. Because as I mentioned, if he gives you a reason to warrant another contract, fantastic. You desire that for all players. But if it doesn't work out, then 
it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You gave up a seventh round pick, and once again, to him. correct. I think he can also acquire another seventh round pick if they had to make a move where they have too much depth at one position, and another team comes knocking on the door and says, "Hey, you know what? We need another wide receiver. Who can you spare? Okay, give us a seventh round pick, and that makes up for what you already sacrificed for Isaiah." Sanders. Yeah. Do you see the Giants actually doing that as well? I can too? absolutely see. Yeah. That. Oh, absolutely. And we've seen it in years past. I yeah. know Joe Shane wasn't the GM at the time, but you have an excess. At one player, yeah. one position, one position, and you pick up the phone, and you I, don't want to lose him for nothing, and I, you can I make a deal get done. Jamison Crowder could be a guy because look, I played against the guy. I think he's a tremendous talent, and I think he just maybe not fit into the depth that's here at that specific position. He's playing slot, and the Giants brought in a lot of slot guys on top of having slot guys already in Sterling Shepard and Wondell Robinson, who's definitely going to play whenever he becomes healthy, and it's like. Crowder can you can definitely get something for him, you know. And what did you get? What did you get to, to to bring him here? You know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's like for some reason that that name because I I just think like he's a good player, and it's like, do you just cut him and just let him go, or do you say, hey guys, we got Jameson Crowder here. Anybody want him? You know, we can get something for him—a seventh round, sixth round draft pick, whatever the case is. I don't know. Well, one guy that comes to mind. This was a few years back. Brett Jones was on the Giants roster. Yeah. He was an interior offensive lineman, a lineman. center. Yeah, they center. wound up trading him to the Minnesota Vikings as teams were finalizing the fifty-three man roster. When I was, here? I was going to yeah, say he, he may have crossed paths with you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Brett. Uh, Jones. Do I need to now remind you of your former teammates? Yeah, he was sometime, that memorable. Hey, sometimes. He was that memorable. Is that what you're arguing? So <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. No, but that's an example that just popped into my head. Yeah. Of scenarios that play yeah, out yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. brett jones was here yeah. from 2015 to 2017 yeah, the so, years i was here you know we can maybe three. call him up and get him on to why not know, tell him to call in yo brett jones holler yeah. at me bro so he was last with the uh, denver broncos by the way in 2021 for those of you keeping tally at home let's uh head back to the phone lines randy is in california joining us here on bbkl what's happening randy what do you got for us hey good morning guys i appreciate you do, uh hard work you guys are doing for us well thanks for tuning uh, in yeah, hey, I've been listening for a couple of years. Last year, we were talking about not one player away. I still think we're one draft away. What do you guys think? You're talking about the overall team? Is that what the question yeah. is about? Yeah, I remember last year they were talking about not getting a receiver because they didn't believe we were one player away from Mick turning around and making a run at it. Do you guys still think we're one player away? Or do you think we got a loaded enough roster to try to make a run this year? No, I think, look, the, the Giants definitely upgraded their roster. You know, and, uh, and when we look at the NFC, I think when you look at the who's the talent, who has the most guys, who is the, the, the team that you need to worry about is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think the Giants have closed the gap, but I don't think they're quite there quite yet. And, of course, this is preseason. Every season takes on a different monster, right? Every season's different. So we'll see at the end of this year where the Giants are at. But I heard uh, Schmelke and Paul to talk about it yesterday. It's a story of attrition, right? That's who can survive the longest and keep the most guys healthy throughout the season, you know? And the Giants happen to play the Eagles two out of the last three weeks of the season, you know? And yeah. it, I don't, I never like that, you know, because it's it's so hard. And, and they were talking about playing Dallas so early. Schmoke actually liked that playing Dallas so early, even though <laughs> I loved playing Dallas week one in Dallas. You know, for me, I loved it. I love being on prime time. But I get your point because rosters, they're just trying to figure stuff out, who's fitting where, what works, what doesn't work. And then by season's end, when attrition hits, injuries happen, people start, you know, Playing up, playing down, you start figuring out who you are. You have your full identity by December, you know. But 
attrition can be a factor. And I think if the Giants can survive this year and not get too many guys on the injured reserve list or be beat up or banged up, I think they're going to do very well in this division and then make a run. And I say make a run, you still got to worry about the Eagles. You still got to worry about the 49ers. I think Seattle Seahawks are going to be talented this year. The Cowboys as the well. The Cowboys as yep. well in the division. Got to play them twice. You know, so I hear your point in saying the Giants are one draft away, but the Giants are also a couple plays away from beating a good team like the Dallas Cowboys in the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, there's that fine line. I think, Randy, going back to your question, I've said this multiple times. If this team's going to make a jump or close the gap, if you want to refer to it that way, Jonathan, then the previous draft classes need to really take huge steps moving yeah. forward. You know, especially this year's group. I mean, Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins could be playing a lot of snaps at cornerback. Yeah, that means man. you're relying on two players that have not played one regular season NFL snap. Those guys, you know, you can't have much of a learning curve if you want to close the gap, okay? Then Evan Neal has to stay healthy, yeah. okay, on the right side. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari need to stay on the field and provide a one-two punch. I mean, I'm naming now multiple facets of the team with multiple young guys that you're turning to. The other teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys, you're not saying to yourself, man, I hope this draft pick pans out or I hope year two this kid blossoms. You know, that's the difference. You got proven veterans on one roster versus you have intrigue potential more so with the Giants. So, I mean, I wouldn't even say they're one draft away. They're multiple previous drafts away yeah. from bringing everything together. Yeah, That's how best I would right. answer that. Yeah. And last year we lost a lot of our players, the rookies and everything, so we didn't really get to see what they're like. So this year is almost like their rookie year all over again. But, that, sure. but, but that's the point I was making yeah. is like – And the, appreciate the phone call, already. The, the Giants have drafted well. I've been saying that all day. They, they, this regime has drafted very well. And the, the draft picks from previous regimes are very talented. Dexter Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, Daniel yeah. Jones. Like those are the main players. You know, and they've stayed around. You know, that's what happens when you're a good player in the NFL. You stay around. You get paid. You get money. You get checks. You have performances. The Giants have drafted well the last couple of years. And I think because they are hitting on these draft picks, they're just closing that gap closer and closer and closer. And the Giants don't have to have a better record to go to Philly and beat Philly. It does, that doesn't have to happen. They can go down there and the ball can bounce their way a couple times. Jalen Hurts throw a couple interceptions. All of a sudden, the Giants win in Philly. You know, like stuff like that can happen, man. And when you have a talented team, a talented roster, a defense that takes the ball away and limits the score, an offense that can score and is good in the red zone, these are all the things the Giants did last year, you know. And I expect them to improve because they improved their roster and it's the second year for offense and defense with the same coordinators. And I just hope special teams take that step forward so all around the team is better, not just on offense and defense. Well, there's continuity working in their favor. Mm -hmm. I think that's the strongest selling point. But once again, continuity is only as strong as those players executing at the level where the defense and the scheme is overall. And as far as the last caller's point, for example, a guy like Darian Beavers, this is his rookie year. I mean, even yeah. Wink Martindale said yep. that. Aaron Robinson is another guy. I know he's been in the league for a few years, but and Robinson's still on PUP. Been hurt a but lot, man. Does he get on the field? Do you see what you're working with with respect to that? Evan Neal was limited last year as a rookie. So, yeah, there are several players from last year's group or even two years back where the playing time has fluctuated so much that, yeah, you're still young and unproven. 
and you want to see what those guys could do and whether or not they're reliable enough that you could bank on. I go into every year and I know, okay, I'm going to get this player for 15 or 16 games because that's also a huge difference maker. Let's head back to the lines. Aaron is in Charleston joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Aaron? What do you got for us? What's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Um, I just wanted to see, like, there's still going to be roster moves made, I'm sure. But do you think it's possible we make uh, another trade? Like, there are rumors about Okwara, who, of course, being a Giants fan, I love any Okwara. They can get their mama and still won't miss Okwara. <laughs> but, I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you get my point. But, but, I mean, there are other positions where we could tighten a couple of screws or, you know, uh, plug a couple of holes. And they've done a good job of picking up people like, we, like you mentioned previously last year like Fabian Moreau and these other people who they would just pick up and they would fill in and play it right away and they would play well. So, I mean, what are, like, do you think we could get help at edge rush? I mean, we, we, we're not saying our starters aren't good. I love those guys. I just think we need depth behind them. And we, like, we still haven't seen Aziz or Jolari stay healthy. Yeah, so, well, and that's so why that's Isaiah Simmons question. hopefully will help in that department too. Yeah. So you think Isaiah is going to be used as an edge, not just um, – like, off the ball? Yeah, I think they could utilize him a little bit as an edge guy, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why he's collected some sacks during yeah. the course of his career, and Jonathan and I were talking about that earlier, that you could definitely tap into that. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Right. I knew he had, I knew, like, you know, I remember his combine, and I remember, you know, um, I'm from South Carolina, so I watched the Tigers play, and um, I remember that team. But I just wondered on how much, how much they would use him that way or – if they would use him off ball with his speed and, you know what I mean, with those big guys up front, just let him run free, maybe. Sure. Well, well, listen, and Aaron, we'll let you go on that note. Appreciate the phone call. <coughs> I don't think, and this circles back to where we started the conversation, I would throw out however Arizona and Clemson utilized him. Yeah. I think Wink is going to create his own path for Isaiah Simmons. So I would not read into, well, I didn't really see Arizona utilize him. Wink's a new guy. Yeah. Okay, a new voice. And I'm sure he's going to get feedback from Isaiah Simmons in terms of what he likes, what he dislikes. But with the way Wink utilizes playmakers and how one week the defense looks completely different, right, than the following week, it's going to depend on the opposition. There may be, right. JC, a week where they want Isaiah Simmons to help more in terms of run support yeah. because of the big personnel. Yeah. And that could change then the following week depending on if they go up against a pass-happy attack. I, I would not pigeonhole him yeah. into one assigned role. No, I, I don't think so either. I just think, like I said early on, I think they're going to probably limit his thinking and limit the playbook exposure for him. And I'm with you there. And yep. and so he can play fast because you want that guy playing fast because he's fast. When you got a fast guy, especially in the front seven, you want him playing fast. And that means sacks and tackle for losses because he's going to get there fast in an offensive lineman. And Look, I'm I'm thinking about this a lot. Like I just learned about it on the way here, right? And then the first person I see when I get it is Paul Dettino. And he's sitting there talking about it. So I'm just trying to process it and I like it. I'm just thinking like, okay, how do they utilize him? And I think the only way, especially early on, to utilize him is just send him after the quarterback, bro. So he's not sitting there figuring out coverages, responsibilities, and all that extra stuff. Just blitz the quarterback. And then that adds that the Giants have two premier pass rushers, right? Young pass rushers. And then it's the question, who's the third pass rusher, right? He can be that guy possibly, right? You know, and especially in Wink Martindale's defense where he might be playing middle linebacker and he come, he's coming on blitzes. 
I'm interested to see how he uses him, and I'm interested to see how this defense goes out there and plays against uh, Dallas in week one. You know, I'm, I haven't been this excited for the Giants probably since I played, to be honest with you. You know, the, the, the roster is talented. Second year under, I feel like, very capable offensive and defensive coordinators. I think the culture here has been established, and there hasn't been culture here, a real culture here, since Tom Coughlin in 2015. That's a long time. Now they have all that established, and I'm watching videos from them last year dancing in the locker room. I'm like, man, these guys, they're doing everything they can to put something good on paper so they go out there and execute against a really talented Dallas Cowboys team. Oh, it'll be a big test right out of the gates. Yep. There's no doubt about that, especially when you're talking about in the division. Just circling back earlier, I am a big proponent of week five should be the earliest for division games. Nah, I think I hear you should you. get the first yeah, yeah, quarter yeah. of the season Kinda out of the way. Kind of get the rust out, and, figure out what's going on, yeah, yeah. get and everybody playing. You're never going to avoid twice in three weeks or twice in four weeks because, remember, they want a lot of divisional games late in the season because they're That's worried that – if you don't play somebody within the division, it's going to be a meaningless game for both teams, right. and they don't want you benching all of those players. For example, I mean, there was a rare occurrence last year where the Eagles had nothing. Well, they had to wrap up the division. The Giants had nothing to gain. Yeah. Ideally, the NFL, if you would have asked them, they wanted both teams to have something to play right. for so that you're showcasing That's a pair of wanted. divisional foes. That's more of a reason why you're always going to have those games late. Yeah. They're not going to get just, around that. For, like for this specific team, not like my seasons that I played or anything. It's just that really we got the Eagles twice in the last three weeks. And it happens. And it happened yeah. last year too. Sure. Well that's what I'm saying. Gosh, it's going man. to be a regular occurrence. Get used to it. Yeah, man. Because the NFL has emphasized divisional play late in the season. You could argue, well maybe switch it up a little bit. Have two different Commanders, teams. Maybe? <laughs> yeah. No, and I get you there. But we we've seen that happen. It, it's not the first time. I remember Cleveland Pittsburgh that's happened in the AFC yeah. North too. It's happened even a little bit earlier in the season. All right. That is going to wrap up Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live as we continue our coverage of the acquisition of Isaiah Simmons. Full coverage. You can stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. And we'll be back up and running again, of course, for Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app at 11 a.m. Eastern. And today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, it's part of the Giants platforms everywhere as well as Giants.com slash podcast. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm Lance Meadow. We will speak to you on Friday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one.